Hello and welcome everyone to a live CobU Q&A event with senior Kabbalah instructor Tony Kozinek. Uh, great that you were able to join us today. Thank you so much. Today you have a special opportunity to ask Tony questions live. Um, the way to do that is to post your questions in the chat, both on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can also post follow-up questions if you like as well. Uh, we do ask that you limit the chat to just questions other than uh, we'd love to hear where you're viewing from today. So if you can post your location in the chat, I'll announce that a little bit later on. Our tech team uh, works very hard to collect all your questions. It just makes it much easier for them if you just limit the chat to the questions and let our expert, Tony, my dear friend, accomplished musician, songwriter, uh, Liz, I could uh, go on for probably a full hour. Uh, brain surgeon. Brain, yeah, brain surgeon, astronaut. <laughs> he uh <-huh>. <laughs> Great to be with you, Tony. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of uh, underline a couple of things that Mary said. Uh, if the chat is only questions, then it helps everybody concentrate. What we're trying to impart here is is uh, different. Well, it's different than our normal way of thinking. Uh, it's different than uh, than our installed nature, and it's it's important to to focus you know to concentrate and to be able to give yourself to it not be distracted by other things and other comments because eventually if when you do that eventually you will begin to see and hear slightly differently uh and yeah that's it so let's let's go with the questions Okay, first question comes from David. He's wondering, what is the purpose of Kabbalah? The purpose of Kabbalah is to allow you to perceive the way in which nature works with us, on us, through us, and to, with that perception, to be able to work in exactly the same way and to go in the direction that it's taking us in a positive way uh, in order to, to build uh, a life situation, not just for ourselves, but for the, the whole of the reality that we find ourselves in, so that it, it, it experiences goodness, uh, connection, uh, positivity, productivity, happiness and fulfillment because there is a the underlying impulse behind the law of nature is your complete fulfillment for yes for you to be completely fulfilled but what we think of as what would fulfill us is the major problem that we have in uh that hides the purpose uh, of our life and a correct perception of reality Kabbalah is a method that's 6,000 years old uh, that has evolved through various generations but is based on something that does not change, which is the basic impetus behind the law of nature itself. And, it, and Kabbalah is a methodology that teaches a person to be able to first perceive this and then live it. And it, it, uh, it completely changes our perception of reality and our response to the things in our life. It allows us to receive the fulfillment that was intended uh, behind uh, the establishment of our existence. It's, uh, it is a method that's very close to humans because it is what underlies human perception. Uh, and it's, it is a science, in the sense that a person can learn this method, can test it, uh, and can can see for themselves where reality exists and where our own personal illusions and detachment from it exist. That's what it is, and that's what it's for. 
Hey, thank you, Tony. The next question is from Lewis wanting to know who is God according to Kabbalah? Hi, Lewis. Uh, God is not a who. Uh, it's a quality. It is that intention or quality that motivates or uh, moves through creation. It is an intention. Uh, and the Kabbalists explain this as uh, good that does good. It is absolute, uh, unconditional bestowal, considering every single part as a whole. Uh, it's something that uh, we don't see clearly because our nature is opposite to that. Our nature is... Uh, is the will to receive, whereas this thing called the Creator, that people call God, is the opposite quality, which is unconditional bestowal. And in order to fulfill us, this intention created this opposite quality so that we, we could come to experience exactly the same thing as what it is, as, as that intention. Um, it's something that we can we can approach, we can know by doing the same thing that, that this intention does, we begin to take on those qualities, feel the same towards the whole, and, and have its, its capabilities. So it's not something that is apart from us, it's something that is working on us and through us, uh, and is intended as the ultimate fulfillment behind the law of nature itself, that we should be like it. So it is a, it is a quality, not a separate entity and not a who. Tony, the next question comes from Taught by Emeralds. What does the word amen, or some people pronounce it amen, mean from a Kabbalist standpoint? It means um, that that it should be so. That with everything we have, uh, we completely depend on you, and we depend on you, this quality of bestowal, and nothing else, to make what is, and we agree with it. Or you could say, may it be so, but it's there's a lot involved in the may it be so because it 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 requires a complete need from the depth of the heart that that be so. On the part of the one praying. Hey, Tony, you mentioned bestowal. Todd Sisson has a question. Does desire play a role in how things are bestowed and received? Not only does it play a role, but it, it is the only thing that uh, that determines what we want and what we perceive so and what we think we're receiving um, we are basically an emotive field there really are no separate people and objects and forces in in reality there's really there's really only this relational uh, sensation between the creature, which is the the desire to receive, and what we call the creator, which is the desire to bestow. Uh, so, the uh, only thing that exists in that relational field is is what you might call emotion or desire. It it's the motivating force in the relationship and you know that that's true also between you and every other perceived human uh, it's how how we feel and how whether we're thinking about ourselves whether we're thinking about them what we want out of this uh, who we want it for that that is nothing but desire the essence of you is desire and the type of desire that we have will determine the world that we see, what we think we're giving and what we think we're receiving. Uh, 
And once we come to, to really feel, even through in the, the edge of perception, that what's really going on is only a matter of desire, that everything that you see are just your own um, disowned desires that we clothe as people because we're really one creature. Uh, and that our happiness, if you notice, your happiness occurs through the feeling of, of, a, of a connection and a shared desire with another person, something called intimacy uh, or friendship. But what is that? It's the, it is the, the clarity that what you wish to share, they want to receive. That their care is for you and your care is for them. That you seem to be bound up together in one thought or particularly in one desire, which is even more attractive to, to our inner, our deepest inner nature. It, it, call, it, it creates a passionate care and connection no matter what's happening. Um, why, why is that so fulfilling? Why is love so mysterious? Because the basis of our existence is desire and nothing else. Okay? Yeah, a question related to that um, interconnectedness of two people. The next question comes from Vic Lee Whitney. Tony, you are me and I am you. And we are both individual iterations of the same living principle, right? Uh, you can say that in, in, in abstract and as, as an ideal uh, situation that we would like to reach. So I would say this, yes, that is ultimately true. But it is not true until we feel that as the reality in which we live. Not sometimes but that, but that becomes the true basis of our perception. Uh, the answer is yes when we reach it. And until then, it's, it's a target. The whole point is, how do you reach it? Because people have been saying these kinds of things for centuries. But where, where is the creature in relation to these ideals? Mostly in war. Mostly in looking for, uh, instead of true identification instead of love your friend as yourself which is really the essence of what you're speaking about that we see uh, the 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 way in which we're bound up responsible and dependent on each other in a 100 percent <laughs> that our life is actually in each other and um we 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 don't see civilization depending on such a thing however your sensitivity towards that it's not it that change is not just happening in you that you've maybe you're trying to clarify something here or maybe it's something deeper no, I mean, it's not a matter of thought or reason that you it is something felt to some degree in you and you you want confirmation that you're not nuts um, yeah that that's the way it is and that is changing in the general perception of humanity uh, I would say because of the work of, well, many things, nature is pushing us, creator is pushing us to this thing, by taking away the idea that it would be valuable at all to remain dependent on the physical aspects of politics, society, technology, and all, all those things. Yes, they're wonderful and good, things that we can give to each other, but we can't depend on anything else but the quality of our intention towards each other, because in that... When that becomes corrected, when our perception in that area becomes corrected, everything we choose to do, any way we want to organize ourselves, that'll work. Until we do that, until it's coming from a true impulse of the heart, none of it will work. And it doesn't matter what our ideas are, what we think of as being inclusive or not inclusive. None of it can possibly work because it, the, the basis of reality is a correct intention. It's the alignment with the, the, the upper intention, the one called the creator. People can do that. And when we, when we feel that I am you and you are me, and actually there is no you and me, we are one sort of coherent, uh, integral life, then everything we do will work. Okay? Okay, Ray is asking, why does it seem that the more I learn and attain, the more... I see and feel a less than moving towards altruism. Because this is not supposed to be 
happened to us through the mode of reception. So there's a fail-safe in our development that's built into the development, which has to do with not receiving, <laughs> because we're trying to, to get to a place where we see our life, the, the, the truth of our life and the truth of reality as giving. Not, and by not receiving, the Kabbalists mean to not look for fulfillment of the egoistic ideas of, of the light, of learning, of ascending in all of that. So, so into the whole process is inserted a mechanism that pushes us away so that we don't just receive it and we don't just rest on our laurels at any, at any degree, but increase, increase, increase and are, and are not in any way, well, not ultimately put off by the fact that we lose connection, faith, fuel with which to do the work, that gives us free will. That gives us that area between reception and bestowal in which it's up to the, to the, the, the intention that we actually hold in our heart. What's more important? What is the target? What do we want to reach? And that becomes an act of free will because it, we're not being... It doesn't appear that we're being helped in this. But the help is in the rejection because this allows us to overcome and not be limited by what limited us before. Now, I'm giving a very, very general description. There, there are specifics to all of this when it's simple, but you, one has to learn to perceive this, and that's what the methodology of Kabbalah is all about. When you study it, you, you, you come to see where that is in us and and how we can work with it. And ultimately, we don't work with it alone because there is no such thing as alone. So it's, it's a method that, that doesn't just help you, it helps, or you and me, it helps the entire system in the same way that the thought that we call God does. Okay, thank you, Tony. That's a, a perfect segue to the next question. Uh, a friend is asking about how to work with others on the path. Saraya Aziz Suleiman um, is asking, first of all, hello from Congo. Ah, hello. Saraya, wonderful to have you with us today. I have read and followed multiple videos from Cobb U, but I do realize that without friends, I can't move past the current stage I'm in. I don't know where or how, uh, what should I do now? If by I've watched various videos, you mean you've watched them on YouTube, that's one thing. That's kind of external because we have, we also have a complete study program called CobbU. It's like a little, it's kind of like an online university in a way. It's not stringent like a university, but it's, but it's like that. And in, there's a whole process of, of different, um, uh, classes and the evolution of those classes until a person comes to understand how to and is supplied with an opportunity to work with others who are also doing this exact same work. So we, Kabyu provides that opportunity. We provide uh, access to authentic texts, uh, to instruction, to access to other people, to a complete framework where you get all kinds of, uh, of different learning materials and support. You can interact with, uh, uh, with instructors and guides and so on to, to, to help you answer your questions. And ultimately, you come to a point where you choose, if it's something that you want, to work with others, specifically on the methodology, and... Uh, and fulfill this this whole process of of uh, a change in perception of reality uh, for the benefit of the world. So, Mary, uh, I think in the announcements there's a thing about I don't know when the next th uh, the next um, session starts, but uh, uh, maybe it's it would be worthwhile saying something about signing up for Cobu here. Okay, sure, Tony, I'd be happy to. Um, if you want to join CobU, if you're not already a CobU member, uh, then please, we do invite you to join. You can see the links in the chats on Facebook and YouTube. You'll gain access to several Kabbalah courses from beginners to advanced. 
You also have the opportunity to join the world's biggest online Kabbalah community. You can ask instructors questions in student forums. That's anytime. You don't have to wait for the broadcast. And you get access to a Kabu exclusive weekly webinar. Also, you get access to the next Kabbalah Revealed course that is with Tony uh, starting on December 25th. So there's uh, so many benefits to becoming a Kabu member. So you can study, and then there are there are also other wonderful uh, events. Like we have we have these huge uh, international congresses that are virtual. So you can people can participate in that. You can see people like you from all over the world. Uh, we we have our own um, uh, interactive system. You know, where we have thousands of people on that system, and they can all be uh, together and present at these. Um, you know, in these uh, conventions, and it's very, very inspiring to see all of these people who who want uh, the best for you and for the world, and um, you can see what they're doing, uh, and and feel the the breadth of humanity turning towards uh, a real alignment with uh, with the force behind nature. So, many benefits. Okay, so moving on to the next question, Elsie Chapman is asking, while we do have a lot of spiritual friends and connections and get our perspectives and intentions transformed to a higher level, what actually happens to the physicality around us? Well, this is you know the the only way that you can approach the concept of what happens it is through a term like perception of reality if you're perceiving something in a different way is it is it the thing itself or is is the 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 essence of the thing what is in your perception and relationship to that thing we are actually feeling and encountering uh, the highest spiritual forces. It's, there's really only one force, and then there are others that sort of cascade down from that, but they're all really the same thing. But to us, because we are guided by an opposite intention, which is a, like a physical, corporeal intention, one of separation, one of um, only reception, then we clothe those, those pure forces that we're encountering, which are intentions coming towards us, let's say, aspects of love that we don't perceive as love. We feel them as, as completely something else. And on that, we, you know, we take our own inner quality, our uncorrected or, you know, not yet aligned quality, and we put it you know throw it like a like a piece of clothing over those things that those pure things that don't have a form like that at all so it's the same the same underlying forces are there in other words it's the same world but you don't perceive it at all the same way you don't live in it for the same reason you're not looking at separate things and yet it's all exactly the same thing it's it, it becomes not only are you transformed the world is transformed you don't use it in the way that you did use it. You're not aimed at the same thing. And what is revealed is that we actually live in a spiritual world. But its spirituality, as far as your experience goes, depends on your alignment, how much you are like the intention behind those, impelling those forces. So you could say it remains, but not in an illusory form. Hey, thank you, Tony. The next question comes from Kamara Boniaforte. In studying Kabbalah, is it necessary to include the Torah? And if so, what is the best way to include the Torah in the studies? The Torah means instruction by the light. It, it is a relationship between us and that, that force of bestowal or that correcting force on us. 
that's what the word Torah means. The, the collection of writings that, uh, by the Kabbalists that were, uh, you know, printed as the Bible, uh, that's not the, that's not Torah, uh, in totality, nor is it necessarily, uh, nor does it give you access to those underlying forces anymore because it's written in a language that the Kabbalists used a language appropriate to the people who who received uh, those teachings at that time appropriate in the sense that the uh, the the egotism the egoism and the and the will to receive that the force of the 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 coarse desire within us that's being corrected was far less than it is now the more we develop and the, the closer we get to, real, to reality and spirituality, it comes with the, uh, the deepening and strengthening of, of egoism until, until it inverts. Like it has to, we have to be able to swallow the whole of the illusory reality, the one based on reception. So we're not like that anymore. In the language that that was written in, People could hear stories, names, supposedly places in which they used to, to clothe the ideas of the spiritual forces and what, it, what the stories of internal correction that, uh, and instructions on how to do it, and they understood what they were reading, hearing. We don't. We read those things or hear those things, and we think they're talking about places and people and history, and they're not. Just like I said about the perception of reality, uh, that the world changes because of your perception. This is so hard for the ego not to project physicality on it that it's not useful for us anymore. In this period of our development, the direct writings of, of the Kabbalists that deal with it as a science and as a methodology they're, they're meant for this time. Books like the Zohar, uh, the writings of Bala Salam, uh, Rabash, uh, that clarify all those things in, in modern terms according to the emotive connection that we have and, and the perception of, of creation according to questions of reception and bestowal. And it's done in a very, very direct way. I mean, you need guidance. You need, you, you need to... There's an oral teaching involved here. You have to have somebody to show you how, how to begin to, to feel these things. But once that happens, you can do it. If you use the Bible, if you start with the Bible, you'll, you never get to the spiritual aspect. If you start with Kabbalah, which is the grandfather, and still the moving force inside of the, the written Torah, then you will understand everything that's in the Torah. And uh, we don't suggest that you, you use it other than in some kind of traditional way according to whatever religious practices you may have. And religion and Kabbalah are completely different levels. Okay. Hey, Ahmed Tabella is asking, does considering outside people as qualities inside of us help us to discern what we need to correct? Yes, that's right. If you have a problem with somebody, with a situation, it's an uncorrected aspect of, of us that we cast outside of ourselves and uh, think somehow there's, there's something else going on other than our inability to, to connect with and care for that situation over the disconnection and hatred. It's not some simple thing and not something a person should you know, do without guidance because you can get really confused doing that, you know? Uh, and uh, one has to learn that uh, through the methodology and through work with other people who are also working on the methodology so that you see how that, how that really works, how you really do uh, make a connection over hatred um, and, uh, and how it really is your own quality that, that is being corrected. And thank goodness, because otherwise you'd have no access to it. You couldn't fix anything. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't go beyond your, your created limitations, uh, but that's not true. We're, we're built in such a way that what we're trying to do, what we're on earth for, is to reconnect all those things that we think are outside of, 
this single life. It's not like you're everything's inside of me. And no, it's like we're we're all in, integrated as as one life, and we were originally created that way, purposely shattered. Our perception was purposely shattered so that we would not experience that complete perfection through the mode of reception, but that we would we would feel it without guilt, without pause, um, in uh, in a mode of in, in, in which we 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 live it. It's it's us, and we can accept it. This thing is so big. It's like impossible to accept without shame and disconnection for us because we try to take it into the ego. There is no such thing as perfection when it's looked at through the ego. So it's th this seeing others as the self requires the correction of our own heart. Okay. Hey, Tony, the next question um, is about disconnection. I hope I do this name justice. Lorado Melamabe from South Africa wants to know, is the disconnection between ourselves and the creator deliberate? What do you do when you become aware of it, but realize that you cannot willfully bridge it yourself? Yes, it's deliberate. You keep going and you ask for help. You know, the disconnection shows us that we're not capable of doing this thing. But what is the we that's, you know, I'm not capable? What is that I, that I that's not capable? That's the one thing that we depend on that we think is our reality, that we think is ourselves, and that is our, our egoism, our, our desire to receive. That has no ability to make the connection. It's the working over it that makes the connection. So you just continue and you ask, you realize that since you don't have the ability to do it, where are you going to get the help from? Where's it going to come from? From that other opposite force that you're facing. And that's what prayer is. When you need that, when you realize you can't do it, at least your ego can't do it, which is not you, actually, uh, and you have nowhere to turn but to the force that created you, that gut feeling is heard immediately by by the creator and is immediately responded to and then there's like some degree of 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 rising and overcoming there okay tony i'd like to share where um our viewers are connecting from today we've blanketed i think almost the entire globe today we have friends watching uh from sydney australia the netherlands south africa memphis tennessee rotterdam utah Sydney, Romania, Kenya, Bulgaria, Oregon, North Carolina, London, England, Tennessee, Ohio, Ethiopia, Kinshasa, DRC, Georgia, Oregon, Virginia, Florida, Istanbul, Libya, Spain, Nigeria, Congo, New York, Tumen, Russia, Hong Kong, New Mexico, and Texas. Thank you, everyone, for posting those in the chat. I'll continue. If you want to keep adding, uh, one more came in, Slovakia. So thank you so much. So Slovakia was slow. <laughs> yep, just in. Dad joke. <laughs> okay, so next question is from Aslan. Why does evil exist according to Kabbalah? Evil is the, uh, is the disconnection uh, from others in order to receive at their expense, which is the essence of the will to receive. It exists as a help for us to, uh, to learn to overcome that to ask questions about well what is this evil and where is this evil it is a helping force that helps us rise that like i said <clears throat> before this disconnection um creates free will in other words it, it allows us to instead of receiving this thing to choose to give it we wouldn't be motivated without this this additional force we call it evil because it's so against our egoistic interests 
that we, that we condemn it. We say, no, the opposite of God and stay away from me. But, but it is an action of the, of the whole system of nature that is a developmental force. We can't see it that way until we start identifying with, with the way that the force of bestowal treats us. It develops everything in nature this way. It, it, it pushes things and pressure, pressurizes things uh, so that they change. And in terms of the human heart, the change, the pressure to change comes from the inacceptability where we can't live in the state that we have previously been in. We're forced out of it. And if we're not involved with it consciously to want to overcome, then, then that giving force doesn't give up on us. It sends us situations that make staying on, on some incomplete level of development impossible for us until we finally understand this action of nature that we call good and evil, but there's only really good because this action is a good action, we understand it and we begin to perceive it in the right way and be able to use it and our own egoism in the right way, and, it's, and we use it all for giving. It's, uh, there's very few things in reality, very few forces actually working on us, and that's one of the major ones, and it's a good force. Hey, thank you, Tony. Ben <clears throat> Levinson is asking, one other thing is that I feel such shame to stand before the Creator, as I have had such a selfish life. How can I atone? We all feel that. When, when we begin to feel that there could be such a thing as absolute bestowal, if the heart's awakened, we feel this shame. Um, this is this is another aspect. This is another motivating force, in addition to evil. This is we recognize this developmental force as within us. It's that point in us that is that has always been and was never disconnected from that opposite higher quality. Um, feeling that it does not want to receive. Um, you, then all you do is you look for how do I how do I change this? How can I use the, my situation to give? I ask, what do I need to do? And if I can't understand what I need to do, then I turn to that that force that is makes me feel shame in its face and ask it to help me. Be, um, it, the good thing about about shame is that we feel it as our own. It's already an aspect of of let's call it divinity or that other force already in the heart. It's it's something that pulls us. It's already love. Shame is really love, because we will not accept that we don't do good for others. It's it's not acceptable to us. You can you can try to forget about it, but it doesn't really work, does it? Uh, or you can realize that you, you received a call through this feeling of shame and answer the answer, answer that call. Look for what its opposite would be, what it's, what now you can do. Okay. Next, we have a, a question uh, regarding how Kabbalah can help us with corporeal matters. Peter Ajedu is asking, Please, how can the study of Kabbalah help me with my business? I am into edible mushroom cultivation and private basic school management, Ghana, but I think he means he currently lives in Liberia. It is not designed to, to help you with your material stuff. You just you do that, do whatever you, you need to do in order to support yourself and your family. Uh, it, if you change your heart, Everything that you do will be successful, and not necessarily in the terms that we think uh, of success, but it will be successful in actually serving others. It'll provide what is truly needed, not what we think is needed. Um, <clears throat> it, Kabbalah explores and teaches about everything above 
the, the physical and material level. The benefits flow, but they don't just flow to, to you or to, if I do the, the work, to me. It flo- the, the benefit flows to the general good. And it's important when we learn Kabbalah to make a complete, for the student, to make a complete distinction between the physical and this, this other quality that we want to, uh, to reach. Because the physical is, it appears to be physical because of our desire to receive. And there's nothing wrong with receiving what you need or providing for your necessities. It's good. And you will be helped, you know, your necessities will always, you'll always receive help for that. But don't mix the two. They're not, they're not meant to be mixed. Once we master what is above the physical, everything else works out. We have another question from Ben Levinson. Hi, Tony. Glad to speak with you here by the chat. I was brought up in a Jewish home, and I hear that mitzvot is doing good deeds for others to attain equivalence of form. So what really is mitzvot? These are corrections in your heart. It's not so much, to begin with, it's not, what, it's not the action you take. It's the, the reason that we undertake the action. That's called intention. Who's it for? Who, who's being served here? Do, do I think of myself as, as achieving something by doing it? Am I a good guy because I did that? Do I, do I have to see the, the outcome of, of good before I, I, I understand that I'm, you know, I'm a kind of a cog in this whole process of bestowal? I'm not detached from nature. Creator is actually working through me if this is what I, you know, this is his will and, you know, we're, we're his servant because we're just a mechanism of, of holistic nature. A mitzvot is actually an inner correction from doing an, uh, something or thinking about something in relation to my own benefit. When it, when it stops being a place of reception on the level of intention and becomes an intention to bestow whatever and in whatever conditions, that's a correction in the heart. That's the correction of one of the 613, 620 mitzvot, these are like corrected, these are desires that must come under correction. That's what it actually is. It's, it's not the external thing. It's what first impelled that action that you think is bestowal, and it may not be. If it didn't come from that, it's not bestowal. I guess that's enough to chew on. It's a big, you know, it's a, it's a big topic. Okay, next up is a question from Ray. How does a family or community grow or know this Kabbalah way? We have only used buildings or online connections. This seems so individualistic, even as we talk about the collective we. I I really don't understand that question. Read it again. Sure. How does a family or community grow or know this Kabbalah way? We have only used buildings or online connections. This seems so individualistic, even as we talk about the collective we. I don't know what she means by buildings and stuff. This, this doesn't, I don't see the logic of that. Do you get it? Uh, I don't. Maybe uh, the online connections, how to grow a community, a family or community with just online com- uh, connections or maybe combination of the uh, two. Okay, okay, I see. Yeah, is, is an on, let's, for example, is an online connection individualistic? That's up to your intention. But I'll tell you, it is, it is far less material and far closer to the spiritual reality in that uh, there's, no, there's no real distance between you and another person. You are actually face-to-face, like, think of what it's like in Zoom. Or like this, you know, you're looking at the person's face. It's like you're not walking around them, getting distracted, going to the kitchen. You, you, are, you are there, and you, you're constantly challenged about how you feel about people. What is your attitude? This really comes under the microscope in, in a situation like that. You can't hide in that situation. And what is exposed is the quality of connection, seriousness, and importance of connection. It's a good place to build community, and it's a real community 
of, of emotion and intention. You can't fool yourself. You can't hide. Um, it's not, we all start with a perception of individuality. The whole point of the, of the process of community is this constant overcoming of this apparent separation into the fe feeling, sensing, and needing the others, and eventually identifying with the others as really as your own life. Your own life is lived out in the relationship between you and others. It's not lived anywhere else. It's not like lived out in the desert by yourself. You can't survive there in reality. This is all aimed uh, from taking a person from this highly individuated perception into understanding that it's the heart that changes the separation and the loneliness into complete inter-inclusion. I, if that's what you're asking, that's what I can say. Okay, thank you, Tony. Juan from Florida wants to know, at what age can someone start to learn about Kabbalah? Um, pretty young, but uh, as far as children go, it, it's better to show children by example you, your attitude and just answering questions that they feel it's like it's like you know how do you teach kids about sex it depends on what they're asking you don't impose these things on them because there's no context for it so you you know as as parents you uh, you you teach them according to how you are but as far as uh, as us teaching people and I think in any Kabbalist who would take on uh, teaching somebody would be at the age of majority, basically, when when the person can make their own decisions, they they can start studying. They could even if if there's that kind of context inside of a, of a, of your own family, you also can teach them as directly as they need. There's no limitation on who can study, um, but it is we you know we tend to, to teach people who are reaching or in maturity, uh, men, women, uh, from any religion is, is, is irrelevant, actually. It's, this is something that is above religion and works its way down through, through those things. Um, doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what your, what your, I don't know, sexuality is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your it's, this is, we are one thing, and we are, we're learning to uh, to reunite that and to, uh, to to recognize that and live that. So there there are just about no limitations. Okay, regarding no limitations, Yatsi de Jager is asking: Is Kabbalah still developing as a wisdom? No. Its application develops according to the. Uh, the, the level of development of the generation of life that it's dealing with. Uh, so if you try to, like I said, if you try to speak in terms of the way that Kabbalah was written when it was written in the Bible to people today, you're going to get nothing but confusion and sects and uh, uh, war because it's, it's not suitable for the generation. So it does, it does adapt itself, but these are, these are principles underlying uh, creation itself. They're not, they don't change. These are immutable laws that function in order to fulfill life. It develops life. It's we who are developing. But the, th but this, the basic uh, forces and the way in which to work with those forces do not change. Their expression and the, the manner in which they're taught does change. Okay, Shine Forever Bright wants to know, should you date or marry a non-Kabbalistic person according to Kabbalah? Well, I mean, the, the same approach would apply to anything that you're, that you're into that is extremely important in your life and fundamental to your life. You, you, you choose an appropriate mate. You, you want to be able to express and share those things things that are ultimately important to you. 
there there are no there are no rules about that sometimes when a person even the op you know it can be the other way i wouldn't go looking for it but if you if you marry if you happen to be married to somebody who isn't interested and even antagonistic towards it that may be what's called help against which is uh, a, a kind of an embodiment of that developmental force where you have to achieve nonetheless uh, and maintain the connection and, and, and love. I think to go go looking for that, I personally think that would be a mistake. That's me. That's not Kabbalah, you know, it's me. What, what I've seen in people's experiences. Okay, next up we have, why are you teaching Kabbalah to non-Jews? This comes from Engineered Truths. Uh, because Jew means the desire or direct connection with the Creator. Um, it, uh, it means Yasha Kale. Uh, uh, Yehudi is is about unity it means unity uh it's what the followers of abraham who only taught this uh were called eventually those uh, those desires seeking unity there is the um physical uh religious definition of jew is not the definition that that is a a, a cultural, um, traditional, and historical appellation of people who used to be connected to the wisdom of Kabbalah. And to and some of of Kabbalah is is embedded and makes up the structure of some religious uh, rules. Uh, in Judaism, in Christianity, and in Islam as well. But that doesn't mean that you, it's something that you can inherit. You can't inherit it. You have to attain it. You have to take what you, you, you received, perhaps, in your tradition, and you have to go to its root, which is an intentional root. Uh, if the desire, anybody who has the desire, Israel is, is Yasha Kael. It is Israel, the desire direct for direct connection with the Creator. Any part of the single creature can have that awakened in it. And if one is seeking that and is doing, taking steps in order to fulfill it, that's what Kabbalah calls a Jew. You can have a room full of people who buy their... Uh, lineage or something have that name but that doesn't mean that they're they're engaged in that process they, sh they could be should be and, and they're not excluded in any way from it but that's not what Jew means the original um, followers of Abraham were the original United Nations they were not one family they came from what's called 70 nations they were all people with this desire for direct connection with the Creator who followed what Abraham taught them in, in terms of how to reach it uh, and they're representative of all of humanity they they only became a nation when they when they they were forced to sort of separate and then unite um, and then the historical ramifications, we've, we've sort of turned those things into idols. We've fossilized those things and think that that's, that's it and that's the goal, but that's not it. It's your development and anybody can develop. Thank you for elaborating um, on your response, Tony. Other viewers had that same question. Uh, Giselle Leva wants to know, first of all, hi, Tony. Is it possible to complement the work in Kabbalah with work aimed at blockages and fears embedded in our ego, like through 12-step programs or therapies, or is this a loss or, in other words, waste of time? If you need to be working on some traumatic aspect or, or an addiction, 
you use the tools that are designed on the level of of the treatment of the it's like medicine on the treatment of the the malady but the the thing to that you need to get clear and that's good you can do them both at the same time if you are clear that they're not the same thing okay they're not you have to make you have to make a separation between these things and understand that you're developing your higher self here and you're doing something that treats the illness on uh on the confirmed egoistic level and that's mechanistic it's like that's why you can you can give a a, a drug you know or an herb or you know or or surgery can exist because there are there are mechanisms in the ego that can be treated directly on the level that they exist even if a 12 step program uh gets you thinking about um uh, surrendering to a to a higher force don't think that that's the same thing as kabbalah it's good and it's correct and it's in the right direction but it's medicine and if you find that that's going to confuse you then take care of the illness first okay before moving to the next question a few viewers shared their location so i'd like to share those with everyone portugal france ireland kentucky serbia and missouri so again thank you and the next question comes from i'm so sorry i don't read russian it's it, the name is all in russian uh what do you think about connection between kabbalah and hermeticism many kabbalists of the past were also hermetics her, hermetics uh, agrippa john d golden dawn members and so on having searched for kabbalah for for many years um i've I, i've looked at those things they are not the same thing as kabbalah they're not um and though they they can be helpful in getting to a person to a point where they become capable of finding what kabbalah actually is i do not believe that you can find them in those things they're part of our path they're valuable they're precious and I don't mean they're part of the path of Kabbalah. They're part of the of the trail of breadcrumbs that nature gives us in order to, to bring us to a place where it is purely a matter of the heart and nothing else. And all of the accoutrement of the uh of the of the, the mechanisms of, of the of those approaches become unnecessary to 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 the heart. Uh they came from Kabbalah. And they are misunderstandings of Kabbalah in the same way that philosophy comes directly and in a very short period of time from the, the Kabbalist sages, the, the prophets, and was immediately, you know, within one or two generations, completely inverted into, into an egoistic form. So all of it is valuable. It, it teaches us and it creates a desire in us that is intended to bring us eventually to the freedom of of the direct connection through the heart to the, to the to the integral reality and with that uh i'll end my part of this uh, mary's got a few announcements okay thank you by the way that question was from andre thank you so much rachel she uh speaks and reads and writes russian so thank you for catching that and letting us know um, I will announce about becoming a member of Kabula again in case anyone joined later in the broadcast. I did share that earlier. If you want to join Kabu, if you're not already a member, then we invite you to join via the links in the chats. Uh, with being a member of Kabu, you get access to several Kabbalah courses from beginners to advanced. You join the world's biggest online Kabbalah community. And you can ask instructors questions in a student forum. You don't have to wait for these broadcasts. You can ask at any time. And you have access to a Kabu exclusive weekly webinar. In addition, you get access to the next Kabbalah Revealed course with Tony. That starts on December 25th, 2022. And if you find our content valuable, you can also donate. You can support Kabu. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can become a member 
or you can simply make a donation, which we do appreciate because we're all volunteers. We have a expert tech team, all volunteers, and they're working very, very hard behind the scenes. So thank you to all those friends. And thank you for all the questions. These were really great questions. And I sure. really wanted to get to the next one, Tony. I love this name, Southern Sass. I'm sorry we didn't get to your question, but what a great name. Uh, again, thank you for joining. The, this was was a great connection. Um, and there's a there is what we call a private uh, meeting uh, uh, on Zoom that happens right after this. If you become, you know, you you sign up for Cobb U, you can just pop right into to that uh, and join us for the next hour, uh, where you just, there, we have like a personal connection. We can see each other and uh, answer and discuss things together. Even if you come in late, uh, that, that's fine. You can still come in.